Shut up and sit down. Saddle up, count people, and get ready for another titillating episode of the Dialed Podcast with your favorite yahoos, Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Yeehaw. Who writes this stuff? Yeehaw? Really? Come on. People, we can do better. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von Turing, and I'm here with Lance Friggin' Hepler. Lance Friggin' Hepler. Here for your viewing pleasure. And it is a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Quite a Quite pleasure. Quite a pleasure to be physically in the room. To be seen. To be seen and to be- show you. I'm going to stop. Stop before it gets dirty. <laughs> this is a PG-rated podcast. This is a family-rated podcast. We want to keep our family rating, Disney? although I'm not sure. Disney, we want to get in on some of that Disney us. money. We- <laughs> Send me that Disney money. Give me some get on that Disney money. That other voice you're hearing in sitting to Lance's left, Mr. Matt LeGrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys look pretty good. Say not it. Disney good, but good. Okay? that's Let's just be honest. <laughs> Lance does feel a little bit like a princess today. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I have no response to that. We watched we watched the Parent Trap last night. Oh my gosh, the, the old one? No, um, the Lindsay Lohan yes. one. Yes, <laughs> wow. uh, 1998. Right. So good. It was so good. It is a good movie. It's family. Yeah. We needed to watch them. It put we Lindsay to Lohan on the map. She would have broken out anyway. Yeah, She's she a superstar. Superstar. <laughs> superstar. <laughs> Flushed her Kristen, life away. My wife was like, uh, is. Is she having like drug problems? I'm like, I don't know, but sometimes she's in the news for she's things. She's clean that, at the moment. I don't know. Because I keep up with my Disney Your princesses. TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> Lance Rock in the 30 mile zone. Yep. yep. <laughs> hey, what's everybody drinking today? Oh, Evan. Oh, that, that was uh, the, we, the ghost. The of, ghost of <laughs> Evan. We got we finally got Evan on the podcast last week. And we're like, record everything that he says and we'll just play it back. <laughs> No, hey, hey guys, you guys up for uh, recording a podcast today? Everybody's like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Everybody's like, hard I'm pass, out. hard pass, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was busy with work, so. Yeah, he's a busy guy. He, so, he has uh, Oceanside coming up really soon, actually this weekend. So he really actually needs to pack up and gear up. I think he's leaving on Thursday, so he's probably I blowing so. off some work. Because the race would be on Saturday or Sunday sometime this week. Evan, I'm drinking, co- I'm double fisting, I'm drinking coffee in LaCroix. It's a good day. Coffee and LaCroix together or separately? I'm gonna Double swish I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink a little <laughs> sip of each and swish it around in my mouth and see what happens. Sweet. All right. I have a sparkly cool LaCroix, mm. Evan. Good choice. Yeah. I do have a fresh cup of uh French pressed coffee here. I have not oh cracked open the LaCroix, but I will be joining you guys shortly after. Might have to get up and take a little potty break too at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> too many fluids. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's get into our topic for the day. This is it. kind of something I ran across, to, uh, I don't know, over the weekend. It was like a question. I'm like, huh, that might like actually work well for us to do a couple different podcasts. Of. And it was basically stop, fill in the blank, doing whatever, and start doing this instead. And Lance and I got to talking, and Matt chimed in as well. And the one thing that we came up that we wanted to talk about today that's got a lot of depth to it was stop being afraid or procrastinating or waiting and start racing. Stop 
wussing out. I was, trying, I was picking my words carefully. PG thirteen. Dang it! Disney I, money. Disney money. money. Yeah. I think I saw Lance bite his tongue three times in less than one second. That was that was impressive. Stop wussing out and start racing. Well, it could be wussing out. You could be procrastinating. You could be afraid. Well, I guess afraid is kind of wussing out, but waiting too. I mean, a lot of people are just waiting to get that right level of fitness, that right level of experience, whatever that right level might be so that they can go out and start racing. But they're missing out on some opportunities. And there's a lot to be learned. There's a lot more to racing than just getting a result too. I mean, results are great, but there's a lot to be learned in that process. And sometimes just going out and maybe treating races that are happening as a a learning experience, a way to get out there and, and do something that you wouldn't do by yourself normally, that's a good place to start. True. I, case in point, my whole year last year, basically, um, I was I was heavier last year sure. and um, not as fit. I had a lot of health <clears throat> issues and trouble going on, so I did not race well last year at all. But I still went and lined up at the races, and I had a blast. I had a yeah. blast at most of the races, mostly because I felt no pressure. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Less pressure equals more fun in a lot of ways. It, yeah, it, it, exactly. I was just going to say that it's almost more fun when you go out there with no expectations and your sole purpose is to ride your bike and have fun with other people. Yes. It's probably something that works for just about every discipline with the exception of road bike riding or racing rather. Oh, that's possible. I can see. Point being that you get used to riding by yourself and enjoying the scenery if you're just going to take a a laissez-faire approach to yep. it. So I don't know. There, I did do a few road races. Um, actually, I think I mostly raced PIR a couple times. There's and, only so many road races yeah. to do. And and all I did was like hang, hang on, on as long for as dear life at the back of the pack. Yeah. I was, I was not. The problem with the back, the, the problem with the back of the pack is that it's, it's harder. It's hard. It's a lot more. Yes. But I still think that that's the right technique because just hang on as long as possible. And then when you pop, you jog, you, I, you jog I had, in. I had no options. It was like I ended up at the back. I'm like, okay, I'm just hanging on here as long as I possibly can. Grab a jersey pockets and stuff. <laughs> yeah, please don't <laughs> Pull drop me. Pull me along. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what other reasons are good for people to go out and race other than, you know, just going out and having fun? I mean, what what can be learned? What it, can you expect to learn from a race? It is It is a killer workout. You can't argue that, like, you go out there, even if you're in horrible shape and you're just pitter-pattering around the course, you're still going to probably walk away with some some sore quads. We you absolutely push yourself harder by by diving into a race than, than if you're just training or yeah. racing or trying to complete an interval set that is true you will push yourself harder in a race so that is definitely beneficial um the other thing is you start to learn race craft you start to it's really hard to get you know experience about what happens in a race that takes some time to learn like what happens in breaks what happens when the break gets caught when Mm, you know where you should be near the end of um a road race where you know where you should try to make moves in a cyclocross race. What, you know, what mountain bike things, you know, I can go like a thousand different directions here. Most important thing, how does this relate to triathlon? Guys, this is a triathlon. I forgot that was, I you forgot, forgot that, that existed. Forgot, you forgot that this was a triathlon <laughs> podcast? I forgot triathlon even existed. Yeah. So Lance and I had a question for Matt. We kind of already seeded this question in him. 
Uh-oh. before the start of the podcast. If you swim, you bike, and you run, but you've never raced before, are you a triathlete? Probably not technically by name. You shouldn't call yourself a triathlete. Because a cyclist, you're a cyclist whether you race or you don't. And I don't think that there's a collective term for uh, a bike racer other than bike racer that gets you. I mean, that's not how we, that's not the nomenclature that we use. That's not how we refer to a cyclist. Like you're a cyclist and you either race or you don't. Yeah. Are you a a marathoner if you haven't run a marathon? No. Right? If I don't think you're an Ironman if you haven't done an Ironman. You're not a marathoner if you haven't done a marathon. I, I, I just don't, I think that it's. Does a marathon have to be a sanctioned event though? No. No, I don't. I, I mean, don't know. if someone was like, I like to run 26.2 miles, that'd be weird. <laughs> Rob, like, Robert Cummings last weekend or something went out and ran 26.2 miles on his own, went on their own. I'm going to push yeah, that. Yeah, that's it's all right. right. Robert Cummings. Yeah, that is a lot. I They've been running lately. I've noticed that. Yep. Has it? Hasn't been riding the bike as much, but been running lately, and then went out and ran a marathon. Unsanctioned just by themselves? Yes. Okay. Good on you, Robert. Yeah. It's 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 a weird distance, too. Like, I kind of understand being like, I'm going to go out and do 20 miles. Yeah, that's fine. Like, a lot of people do 20-mile runs or whatever. But 26.2? It's weird. Okay, my question is, I mean, if you... you didn't have a triathlon race on your schedule. Why would you do all three sports? <laughs> Why wouldn't you just run because, or just bike? Well, I think that that's probably... I mean, there's a lot of days where I'm just like, oh, I ran after I dropped Ethan off at school, and then my friends swim at 10 o'clock. I go swim with the master's group at 10. Oh, the weather's good? Better go bike. And that's I mean, you can almost all like in a day, but they are very, they're still kind of micro-broken up, right? Yeah. But you're a freak of nature. No, but <laughs> really not. It's not the same, but Lance, you like to mountain bike, you like to gravel ride, you like to yes. road ride, you like yes. to cycle across. Have you, yes. done, have, you I mean, all, yes. have you ever done like three in a day? I have. Well, without a, it being part of a race? Yes. Best of both? Yeah. Where you're just, where you're Which just is like, actually three things? Oh, you have friends biking tonight or whatever, and you go do that. Or or I've done I've done like like hard road rides, and then what, the sun's still out and the dog wants to go for a run, yeah. I jump on the mountain bike and we go do 10 miles. So, yeah, I guess I have done that. Hmm. Basically, you're a triathlete. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't swam. Well, I take that back. I swam in Hawaii last there you week. Go. Well, kind At of. At Kona, no less. At Kona, <laughs> I swam in Kona. The mecca of triathlon. <laughs> That's right. Not only are you a triathlete, you're... Creme de la creme. Let me, Kona quali- we'll just call you Kona qualifier. Can I tell you how satisfying it is to go riding past somebody on a time trial bike when I'm on oh, my road bike? I should have a time trial bike just so people can pass me. <laughs> just just to go past somebody on the time trial bike. I'm like, jump on my wheel. Come on, let's go. Did you say that? Yes, <laughs> I say awesome. it every time I pass them. And they never do. I don't Because that's illegal. <laughs> that's right. They can't trap. It's offensive and illegal. <laughs> I would have jumped on your wheel for sure. I'm so tempted in every single, like, I didn't do Jack Frost this past time, but the last time I did it, like, every time someone would pass me, I almost would, like, you have that instinct, like, jump, jump on, their on the wheel. Jump right. on their wheel. Yeah. Just Yikes. for two seconds. Just give me a little taste of it. <laughs> anyway, get back, oh, get back yeah. to the original question. What are some other things that can be learned from actually doing a race? Bike handling skills? Yes. Position? Yes. Tactics? 
Yes. And, and it's not, let's not just limit this to road racing. I mean, there's all kinds of racing that people can get into on their bikes. Gravel. I mean, what can you learn from gravel racing? Yeah, you can learn pack dynamics and bike handling skills. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely on, on a gravel race. In triathlon, I always tell people like that, you know, you can't just swim a little bit, run a little bit, and bike a little bit, you know, especially if you're doing all that stuff separate because your legs are going to feel very different when you go from biking hard to like getting it, the short transition and getting out and running. Like it's just not the same. You have to train that, that transition from weird. biking it's to a, running. It's a weird feeling. Yes. It takes, it takes a lot of work to get used to it. And it's, it's also all these little things about a race where it's like, when do you need to report to the starting line? When do you need to, yes. you know, go to the bathroom? I know that that's probably not something we want to talk about on this podcast because of the quality of this podcast, <laughs> but like, you got to go to the bathroom before you, have, you race. Yes, you do. And you're, there's going to be a line and you got to be ready for like, it's just like all these little things like check this, check this. Triathlon's the worst because there's a thousand things that have to go right where it's like, where's your bib? Where are your shoes going to be put? Where are your socks going to be? Are you going to have your socks flipped a certain way so you can get them on faster? Where do you, when Sucks. are you going to put your race number on? When are you going to have your sunglasses? Where are you going to put your yeah. helmet? Like a thousand things, and it can all I go I think wrong. the hardest thing about triathlon is more times than not, you guys are traveling, and oh. not not just a short drive in the car yeah. distance-wise. You're getting on a plane, and you're probably flying somewhere to do a destination. If you forget something, that sucks. Yeah. That really sucks. Which, how many shoes do you bring? Catch running shoes, yeah. biking shoes. You got to have some sort of shoes to get to the swim. You're not going to be able to have those shoes after the oh swim. God. It's a mess. This, uh, this it's is all probably, a mess. This is probably a, a topic that we could do on its own, like just the whole preparation process but that it, goes into a race. Of but like, it pertains oh, to yeah. this, right? Like oh, This yeah. is like a very... Well, and so many people are like, oh, I'm going to do an Ironman and then one and done and I'm good. But I always think like, you should do like five races just to be ready for that Ironman race. They don't have to be Ironman branded events, mm -hmm. but it's like you do it and you realize, oh yeah, I really do have to have, I don't know, like my timing chip on before the gun goes off. Like all these stupid things that you're like, yep, figured that out the hard the way. The whole pre-race routine, yeah. the whole transition practice. All it, of it's, it. It's almost impossible to practice transitions yeah. not in a race because you don't have the running section it, it yeah but what's nice about like doing some races just you know back to our, our topic like doing these things like getting off your duff and doing it is like they they don't have to matter the results don't have to matter no you're the like you're the only one that's reading through the results and cares what that number says next to your name. Yes. All these other people are just happy to see you. And I think that's what I figured out. Was it last year or two years ago? When I did it? No, I think it was last year. Well, there was probably both years, actually. You do a triathlon and you don't care what your times are or your finished places because no one else does. They're just happy to see you He's out just there. happy to see you out there. Yeah. yeah. I walked the run of the triathlon last you know, the Columbia River. Columbia River. Yeah. That and then the year before I didn't do well either, but we had a blast. We had and a that blast. Was the year before where we had that old guy tell us about his sex life. Lou Hollander. <laughs> Ninety years old. Ninety year old <laughs> Lou sex Hollander of his life. told us about his sex. This is a Disney podcast, Matt. Yeah, Keep but that's that's PG. important. Yes. That Lou. is important. Are we still around? I hope Lou's still around. That guy's a he's legend. a legend. Legend. <laughs> he is a legend. Living legend. 
there is a lot that goes into that. I've got, I'm just racking my brain about all of the things that you have to do, like going into a race. Yeah. Like the, the preparatory work, the making sure that you get a good night's sleep, making sure that you eat make the sure, right food in sure the morning. Make sure you don't eat sushi the night before. Make sure you eat plenty of sushi <laughs> the night before. That's, that's, for people that don't know, that's Jake's pre-race meal, which makes no sense. <laughs> that's, well, rice. Rice, sure. Protein. But raw f- and raw, seafood. It's <laughs> rocker fuel. If it goes, if side, if it goes sideways, you, the race by, wasn't meant to be. If by that he means diarrhea, <laughs> rocket fuel. Brown, the brown bibs. We're brown bringing bibs. back the brown, brown bibs from last Bring it back. <laughs> get, a bit of, oh. get a bit of sushi, sprinkle some baking soda on there. Yeah. You're good. How, how about learning how to pin on your stupid number? You know how right. many people get that wrong? Yeah. And yeah. put it in the wrong spot or it's or upside, upside down, down or yeah. it's just not readable. You can get disqualified from races for that. Yes, unless you're number 13. But you, yes. Correct. <laughs> yeah. But time trials, it's weird, right? Because you're like, theoretically, you might be in some sort of tight outfit and it's going to stretch differently when you're in place. Yeah. Well, probably for all cycling races, right? Yeah. Like you kind of have to, I don't know. There's tricks it's a lot. There's tricks to putting on your number by yourself. If you're, you know, fully just like self-supported, like you can put your jersey around your legs and, and like kind of zip it up and pretend like that's your torso yeah, yeah, and put yeah. it on. And that, that kind of works or people will use a pillow. But if you've got a friend that can help you pin it on, that's going to be the best. But that's that's something that like over a, like a 20K time trial or a 40K time trial, if you don't pin on your number right and it's flippity flapping in the wind, that, that's going to cost you time. Yes, it's, it's, and, it's uh, style you know, points, huge style points. Yeah, you know, we've... <laughs> Had people just in the Michael Myers time trial last two weeks ago that lost by one second. Like if their number was pinned on incorrectly, Wait. could could that could that cause it? Didn't Josh Monda lose by a second to Rob Tornay? No, that was Chris Hamill. Oh, and that's not why he lost because I pinned his number on. It was pristine. Okay, it was perfect. <laughs> nope, Jake, you blew it. You blew it. Uh, I think part of me thinks like it'd be fun to do a race and just try to make as many mistakes as possible. Helmet on back, pointy helmet on backwards. <laughs> oh, maybe that's faster, Matt. <laughs> no one knows. Don't know until we try. Well, I mean, I did a mountain bike race this last weekend, and um, there were like 10 things that I wanted to get done before the race. Yeah. And some things like like pre-riding the start section yeah. with a teammate. Yeah. Um, and then pre-riding the finish section, just so that we knew like where the single track entrance was where the exit was, where the actual finish of the race was, just just in case that became important. And it and almost it, did. It it almost did become important. Um I forgot a couple things. I I yeah, what uh, did you forget? I'm- I I did not tighten my mountain bike pedals. Oh. And it ended up being a major issue. That's for the a, race. to come later. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing for sure is like the whole with I mean triathlon or any sort of road cycling like the whole bike prep thing. If right. it if it is a big race, you're gonna want to go through your bike and clean it up and get yes. the drivetrain smooth and like all the little details. Drivetrain smooth, the uh, right tire pressure, yep. the right tires on you know your bike. Um, it it yeah. it's all worth doing, and it's worth doing even if you don't care that much about your race. It's worth going through the motions. Yeah. Because it's a learning process, which is what we're exactly. here for. So, do you all make a list that you keep in your phone or somewhere that you reference before any race? I, I put my list on toilet paper, then I use it, flush it, <laughs> flush it. No, <laughs> I, do, I don't make a. I think I made lists for Ironman races if I was traveling, yeah. right? Because you're 
it's a mess if you mess something up. But recently, I've just been doing it. And you still forget stuff, even after all these years. I've got still a forget stuff. list that I use every single time. And not for nothing, I reference Oops. it every single time. I go back and I'll get in the car, Mike, right? And I tell myself, before you leave, you check the list. And I'll go back and look. And I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot I my fill that. in the blank, like a pair of sunglasses. Mm, yeah. And you know, a lot of times on that list, too, I'll have things that are kind of redundant-ish, like a, a jersey could be like if it's if you're in an area where the weather can change on a dime like make sure that you've got a vest in there just in case make sure that you've got like a long sleeve alternative just in case or some arm warmers just in case the 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 temperature is going to change because you don't want to show up and all of a sudden you're like well crap it's going to be 15 degrees colder and now it's going to be raining i've had that happen before oh yeah we did the king's valley road race once and all i had was my standard kit and it was supposed to be like low to mid fifties. And then you get down there and all of a sudden things kind of changed and it was crappy weather it was in the, it was like 10 degrees colder and it ended up raining half the time. You could have used a vest and a hundred percent, hundred percent. And yeah. didn't have either of those Correct. things. And so those things are on my list now to take just in case. Cause you know, sure. If you don't need them, great, but it's, it's really nice to have them there. I went up to Whistler in the summertime, assuming it was going to be summertime. It wasn't. It's Canada. You know, it's Canada. I like went around to all the stores <laughs> and bought up all of their like, you know, like shoe covers and things like it was a mess. Yeah. Then I gave Evan just this weekend because he's going down to Oceanside. He said it's going to be cold. I was like, here's the stuff that I scrambled to buy in Whistler and it served me well. So hopefully it works <laughs> so for Evan. It's good for you. What about the food preposition? Preposition? Prep. Preparation. Uh, preparation. Sushi. All sushi. <laughs> Prepositions. Gas station sushi. Boys fans. <laughs> Has to be gas station sushi. Don't do mess you, with the formula. Do you guys ever, I mean, we, it's bad practice to tinker with your nutrition. Like if you've never used something before, you shouldn't be taking that down or ingesting that on the day of a race. But, you know, if you're not taking it super seriously and you want to maybe kind of tinker with things a little bit, you know, maybe just not having your this be like the race that you care about might be something that maybe you want to try a different something or other because god there's so many different things out there that you can use but there's certain kinds of gels that hit a little bit different there's certain kinds of meal replacement or supplements that you can put in your bottles that hit a little bit different and chances are you've probably used those in a, a pre-ride or, a, or not pre-ride but a, a training situation but maybe never in a race situation, that's a good time to, those things that you've quasi tested out, that's a good time to go try them out so that you can say, yeah, that worked really well, or you know what, that's not going to be enough, or I need to go with a completely different brand of something because it just, you know, it didn't, it didn't set right with me. Is that something that you guys ever do in a race or what you would consider? I have, I, I say, I'd recommend people like try it in training, try it in a B race, and then decide if you want to do that plan for the A race. Gotcha. Like for me, it would be, you know, Ironman would be a full big A race, but then I would practice my nutrition in a half Ironman race that I cared about. Uh So it would basically, basically be following the nutrition plan of like timing of food and what I would, you know, the type of food that I was all set up, just how I would do it for an Ironman, except for your, so you're taking in more fuel than you would need for a half Ironman but you just end up cutting it short at sure. the end. So it worked really well because it's just like practice. You know, I for full Ironmans, I would take real food, like actual sandwiches. In a half Ironman, I wouldn't do that. But if I'm training for this full Ironman, that's the one that's important. Then it's like important to practice all those little things. And eating is a huge one. It's yeah. nutrition. So I have a specific breakfast that I oh. eat yeah. for on race day. 
What kind, and of, what kind of sushi do you have for breakfast? I, I, have, I have day-old gas station sushi. Uh, no, I have I have uh, oatmeal with nuts and berries in it and yeah. hot chocolate because I don't drink Ooh. coffee. Hmm. But I have hot chocolate and, and oatmeal, and I've been doing that for years, and it agrees with me, and I know that it works right for me, and so I, I stick to that. So Same for all races, no matter what? Or yeah. you just increase the volume of what you're eating yeah. maybe sometimes based on the, the duration? The of the race. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you ever throw yourself a curveball there, or are you pretty much hard, fast, like I'm not changing it? Uh, yeah, if I uh, forgot to bring oatmeal okay. <laughs> with me. Oh. Then, then I'll. But that's the thing. You, you get into race mode, and okay, I got to make sure I have the right breakfast for me. Steel cut, instant, rolled, instant, instant all instant, huh? Yep. It's more of the. Uh, there's it, there's no chance of it not being cooked properly. Yeah. And then having Jake, gastric you know distress. You've, you've been <laughs> there. <laughs> you've been there, right? Wasn't that like a training camp two three years bibs. ago? Couple was brown bibs. <laughs> that was uh, the very first training camp. There was, was some okay. undercooked uh, steel cut oats. I think a couple of the people had that issue as well. And it's like, those people rode at the back. <laughs> Until they had their issues and then they were riding at the and front. They were all good again. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, what else can you guys think of that somebody would benefit from? From Is there a name for this when you show up to a race, but you're not really racing, but you're racing? Practice races. Practice yeah, races. That's B- what PIR is. People say, call it B racing all yeah, the time. B or race. Whatever. Is it a B or even a C race? race? I mean, this is a tri-dork thing where it's like, this is my A race of the season. You know, I don't know. I don't like it when people talk like that, but like it, it is the truth, it, it right? And nice. you do have races that you gear up for. Yeah. And all the other races are like, if you train through a race, it's definitely not your A race. Yeah. I use Trainer Road yeah. for my training workouts, and you have to designate every race you put in your calendar. Do they whether do it's A, B, and C? A, or? B, and C races. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and so all of your races are A races, though. So what no, is your B race? You can't. You can't put. Uh, you can't put season. a like two per season. They have to be at least six weeks apart. A races have to be at least six weeks apart. Otherwise, you can't build and yeah. So it's so like, most of them are. Wrong, Lance. It's just like throwing errors <laughs> at you. Wrong, right. wrong, wrong. Nay. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know. B race still implies that you're racing. What we're talking about is I guess you are kind of still racing, but you're just kind of going out there to try it out. So you're like test driving it. I, I want to come up with a term for this. Maybe we can coin a term by the end of this whole show. Practice race, test racing. I don't know. Did, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back okay. full circle. But um, anything else that you can think of that people would have a good takeaway from this? One thing that we haven't mentioned yet is it supports the race promoters. Oh, yeah. So by going to do a race that you wouldn't normally do or or weren't going to do anyway, but you by supporting the race promoters, it it leaves races on the calendar for future use. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so this is really easy to do for a cycling race because the cycling race is going to be 25 bucks to maybe 50 bucks. Triathlon? That could be a little bit of expensive right, uh, gesture there. I mean, nine hundred dollars for a race seems totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. <laughs> you get a couple nine hundred dollar B races on your schedule coming up, Matt. Um, well, I used to get into a lot of races for free, and so that made a lot of this stuff a little bit easier to easier pill to swallow. But <laughs> free I, is good. But I, I mean, I was kind of working for it because I was like working for the triathlon, triathlon company that was anyway. I think. It's still worth it if it's a little bit expensive. Nine hundred dollars? No, no, that's ridiculous. But like, well, Iron Man doesn't need support. 
No, they don't, they don't need your support. <laughs> but like why racing is such a good organization. Like you'll see, like they just do good things throughout the community all year round. That's the group that you want to support for sure. And, um, and I think a lot of the race directors on the road cycling scene are just trying to make the sport better. They're not making a ton of money. No, they're doing good things for people. And so, yeah, I, I think if it's, you guys, 25, 50 bucks. I just, I would talk to the race directors and be like, seriously, just up the price. They should, they should be upping the price. They should not be $25 races unless it's $25 for youth cycling and for, you know, guys over 40. Yeah. It's well, 75 bucks the, or whatever. The weekly PR races, yeah, are, sure. those are about the 20 to 25. I think yeah. they raised the prices this year, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's like $20 pre-reg and 25 for day of, where yeah, it used to be 15, like 15 20. and 20. Yeah, yeah. so they, and I get it, inflation, right? But um, sure. most of the road races are about 50 bucks. How much is a the mountain bike race that you did yesterday or the, over the weekend was about 100 or more? Less? Uh, honestly, it was less. Was it? it was I six, honestly don't remember. I, I want to say it was like 50. 50 or 60 bucks for a two-hour mountain bike race. But I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot that goes into those things to make them successful. And I think that for all intents and purposes, the guys that are running mountain bike races right now are probably the promoters who are doing the best. And good on them. And I think that they should. And I want to see them be successful. And I want I'd love it if they're making a pile of money because that means a lot of people are showing up to race their bikes, which is good for the sport. Yeah. Road racing, on the other hand, oh gosh. I mean, it's like not taboo, but it it's really like you're pulling teeth to get somebody to volunteer to race or put on a, a race. It's a lot of times now it's like a team and they're doing it just because they want to keep their particular uh, discipline of, you know, bike racing yes. alive. Yeah. Right. How about the Mike Myers classic? Did that make any money? Yeah, we did. All right. And we, I mean, we didn't kill it, but um, we, we were marginally profitable and which pretty nice for us because that goes back into the team coffers to run some of our programs that we're doing, which is a good thing. However, time trials are a heck of a lot less expensive to put on than a, uh, a traditional yeah. road race because you know, a, a flagger, like yeah. I'm, I'm half thinking about um, quitting my job in this whole bike industry thing to become <laughs> a professional flagger. Cause um, they're making about a hundred bucks an hour. That's where the real money is. Oh yeah. So they're, they're, they're doing all right. Fortunately, we had somebody that volunteered for us and um, it was a fraction of the cost. Um, and the only reason why they were paid is because we insisted that they get paid, but um, flagging can be really expensive. Outhouses, really expensive city permits, uh, all of the different things that you need to put on the road race, those things get really expensive. And then you got to lean on your community or your team or whomever really hard to get volunteers to come out and do all of the other little things. So road racing is really difficult and it's becoming more and more difficult as time goes by because less uh, municipalities are open to this idea because they don't want to have the uh, the liability on their hands. So it, it's, a, it's a tough one. So you are going to see prices going up there just to try and make it somewhat um i don't know of a break-even venture but it's it's tough the mountain bike race that's coming up this weekend is 65 dollars for the mudslinger that's, for the mudslinger that's, that's but it's pretty nice it's 35 for youth okay that's yeah. great yeah and it's a chipped time event it's chip time which there's a, an inherent cost there too that's another yeah. thing we're going to get into i mean for us right. for the chip timing i mean we had to raise the prices for what we charged for the the time trial yeah just to cover the cost of the chip timing so like a time trial used to be about 20 to 25 bucks to do. And that was maybe three, four, five years ago. We charged 35, but we had chip timing, which is, I think, something that think, everybody enjoys. It's I think you charge 50. For a time trial, even. Sure. For, for 30 minutes-ish of, of time on the bike, huh? I, I 
I don't know. I mean, that's 15 extra dollars. It's not, I, I think the thing is we, we need to provide as much value as possible when people come out there. Sure. Then, you know, do we have music out there? Do we have food and drinks and make it a real event? Again, it's all tricky with the weather and the time of year that it is because it is hard to, to plan for that stuff. But I think that there's real value outside of the 30 minutes in, that you're on the bike. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so and, and I think that some of these people that have fancy time trial bikes and things like that can afford 50 bucks versus 35. And again, I, I love the idea of like youth are free or youth are cheap or some sort of sure. way to make it like you don't want to gouge the people that can't afford it. And you do want to put it a little bit to the people that, that you know, 15 extra dollars is not going to break them. No. I'm looking at Lance. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you know, race promoters aren't getting rich doing this. Local race promoters right. are not getting rich putting on races. So supporting them is important because when you lose promoters or they give yeah. up, they these races go away. You know, Lance, let me just ask you a question. Are you going to promote a race if you're having to put in gobs and gobs and gobs of hours to come out of it and think that, oh, I, I was profitable, but I made a couple hundred bucks? No. No, you're not going to do that. It's not sustainable. You can't put food on the table for your family. You're not going to you know, pay for your mortgage and all that other stuff. So you really need to have your game dialed in with respect to promoting to make good money so this can be a... a, a profitable venture for you otherwise the promoters that are out there that are just breaking even or just making a few bucks they're going to be here today and be gone tomorrow and it's just that much less road racing that we have if you raise the prices do you think you would get a lot of complaints do you think you like what would what would what would the negatives be if you raise it from 35 to 50 bucks Hmm. i mean what do you think what do you expect you would see it's supply and demand it would go down you think numbers would go down numbers would go down yeah, people would say, yeah, instead of doing five races, I think I'm just going to do three. So yeah, I, I, I see that. I, I think that if that's kind of what you're looking at. If you're doing five races at fifty bucks, that's yeah. Yeah, and not it's everybody's starting to, and, starting to put a little dent in the wallet. And there are a lot of people out there that yeah, they can afford it just fine. But there's also a lot of people out there that it was pulling teeth just to be able to get the bike that they have and to be able to mm, yep. go out and race said bike, you know, ten times a year at fifty bucks a pop. Like that five hundred dollars just might not be in their working budget. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. I think that you, you know, you're very, gen- you know, you set you set the price up a touch higher, but then you're generous with coupon codes. Someone says, someone sends you an email, uh, why'd you raise the price? Here's a coupon code. It's thirty five bucks for you now. That's a good like, call. It's just like constantly. Yeah. So you want to maximize the number of people that you can get out there. You yeah. want to get as many people as you possibly can. That's true. Because what you should be doing is trying to supplement that, or even supplement your income with sponsors. And the more people you have, the yeah. more sponsors you can bring in, and there's other ways to make money off of an actual race other than just pulling True. that or extracting it from somebody's wallet. So it, it's just finding that happy medium and you've got to make it work. And yes, in this day and age, things are more expensive across the board. We've mm. seen it just in the, the couple of years, but we've been running the time trial that things are getting more expensive. But if we can come up with creative ways to get more people out there, get them excited about the racing and, and make them want to keep coming out and bring their friends and then offset some of that with costs from other business or industry that want to support bike racing and want to support what you're doing. That's a good way to, to offset some of that cost. I agree. So the Olympic triathlon at Hag Lake, $127 plus registration fee. Plus you have to be a USA triathlon member. Plus registration fee. What's the registration Registration fee fee is $12 and 16 cents. Is this 
the, the registration through their online registration system. So basically, they're covering their processing fees and That's, whoever's like managing a, that. It's a third party company that that does the online website registration piece. Yeah. Okay. Which Ober does for events for free. They do not. They, they still they charge, charge. They, they charge. They charge your for that. Yeah, okay. they charge your processing, processing fee. fee. Yep. Okay. Hopefully, it's not twelve dollars and no, it's not. It's. It might I be think per, it's a little bit more in line with what though. the the credit card processing fee is, if I'm not mistaken. Three but bucks or something. Three or yeah. four bucks, depending upon the the, the size the of the race. But yeah, it's a, it's expensive to go do a triathlon. Yeah. More expensive than a lot of things. Yeah. So, so and. There's more infrastructure for there triathlon. Is. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of that factors swim, that you get to con- yeah, consider. With. Yeah. The whole transition area. <laughs> transition area, you basically yep. have to like lock down a whole park in this case. Yep. And that's all those roads that you got to cover too. Yep. So. Yeah. The equipment to yep. do all that is expensive. And why racing, if I'm not mistaken, owns all of their own equipment, which is a good thing to have. But if you were a, a like if Matt Legrand wanted to go promote a race, right. dude, that's a hefty price tag that you're gonna have to you know pay a timing company yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It, it gets expensive it's very expensive crazy um so again there's all of those things all of those components but you as a person that wants to support the cycling community can help support these promoters by going out and racing if you're a bike racer or not you can still go out and do these things and you're gonna have a fantastic time and the experience that you get to have before and after is pretty phenomenal hanging around with everybody getting to tell stories and getting to look at what you do and, and maybe you're gonna do a road bike race and maybe you get dropped but if you do it and then you come back again the next year you can see how much you've improved and it can be just a race against you it's not technically a time trial but you kind of treat it as such and yeah. just go out there and have a good time um for the people that maybe have the fitness to do it and they're kind of hung up on some of these things or they want to treat it like a B race. Don't go out there with the the notion that you have to win the race because sometimes it's just as much fun to work with other people to make things happen. Or if you're on a team to help your teammates out and work for them, that's a blast. Plus there are other things that are built into races too. Like a lot of races, like if it's a road race, they might have like uh, it could be a circuit race or they might have a climb in there and, and they'll say these things ahead of time. Like, Hey, the first person or the fastest time or whatever it might be, you can win some stuff, money, prizes and all those things. But not everybody's going to go after that because they don't want to blow themselves up because they're saving themselves for the whole enchilada. If you want to go out there and just play, go out there and win yeah. some preems, go out there and win the, the, the bell laps or go out there and, and, see what you can do to bring home some some bacon. Because sometimes if you win some preems, especially like in a crit, if you can win a couple of those, like uh, Pacific Office Automation, they did the hammer crit. They kept ringing the bell for an hour race they, and they're throwing out preem laps. Like if you were trying to compete for those, you can win several hundred dollars. Yes. That's pretty cool. So That's go out there and cool. do it. Yeah. Just a different way to kind of address the, the the whole race there but just just working for a friend sometimes when you're maybe not feeling it or you're a little bit nervous or whatnot and, and your only goal is to go out there and help them and you don't really care about what your end result yeah, is super fun i've had just as much fun if not more in some of those races oh, yeah. and that's almost just as gratifying if not more than winning a race or getting on the podium mm-hmm. it's it's a blast I really no. You can't necessarily do that in triathlon unless it's something that's. It's not draft as much as like legal. helping helping a friend or whatever. You don't. I do see people drafting and helping a friend, but don't do that. <laughs> don't be that guy. Uh, but yeah, no. You can you can get out there. You can cheer for people as you're racing. Sure. Which seems crazy, but it's still fun. It's yeah. just like be out there with friends, support everyone, cheer for everyone, have drinks afterward with everyone. Sure. Do it all. So there's a full 
package of experiences that you can take away from a bike racing. We've talked about a bunch of them, but there's still going to be people like, I just don't, I, I can't, I don't want to do it. Or it's, it's cost it prohibitive. Scary. It can be, I'm, I'm nervous. It, there's too many crazy people out there that are, you know, living recklessly or whatnot, or I just, I, I, I just don't feel comfortable going out there. There's still other alternatives that you can look at that doesn't necessarily have to be a race, but it's going to be adjacent. That's going to help you gain that confidence, gain those skills, gain the, even a time trial is kind of one of those things where it's like, you're not going to be in a Peloton and dealing with, you know, there, there, there are other options, there are other race types. Yeah. But you can also show up to your local world's race. You can show yeah. up to your local flogging ride. There's the locally here, there's the Savvy Shootout. We've yeah. got the flogging ride. And there's other people that are running weekly rides that are a race paced ride. And you get to ride with a full, like, composite of different kinds of bike riders that are going to be able to, like, really teach you and kind of take you under the wing. And more times than not, cyclists are some pretty cool people and they want to, you know, help the community. They want to kind of get more people involved and they're going to spend the time. Like, I know if somebody came up to myself or even Lance and they started asking questions like, why did you do that there? Or what's going on with this? Or why did that person do what they just did? Or how can I position myself better to, to maybe hold on to you guys I'm going to sit there and I'm going to spend the time that's necessary to teach these people all of the things that I know so that they can be more successful so that they're going to have more fun so that they keep coming out. And so hopefully one day they pin on a number and go race their bike. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a a good place to to look and, you know, Strava is fantastic for this because you can go and you can see what people are doing. You can be a part of some different clubs and you can see if there's some race paced rides out there. That's a good thing. Or, you know, just joining a local club or like reaching out to your local team, like, hey, do you guys ever have any spirited team rides that you're going on that I can maybe join? Um, more any, times than not, the teams are going to be, yeah, great, come on out because they might be interested in you joining their team. Are there any spirited, open to the public rides that are happening this Thursday that you would like to promote or let people know about? Come out and vlog with us. <laughs> Vlogging ride. <laughs> Weather can it be okay this week? I Thursday. Don't know. We uh we canceled we we had the first one of the season on the calendar for last week and we canceled it because the weather went sideways. I think and crappy. that's to be expected, right? It's like a lot of, of these year. are going to be like this time of year. There's going to be a lot of cancellations. Well, there's been a yeah. weird spring. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we had snow. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> when we have these rides, people are like, "Oh, you should just go out and just harden up." Rule number five. I'm like, yeah, but when we're still dealing with like limited light in the afternoon, in the evening. And uh, you've got dark, cloudy, gray skies, and it becomes even less visible. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got wet, slicks roads, and you've got people driving in cars, and the weather's looking bad. It's just not worth it to go out and do this. Like, if it was a closed circuit, and there was no cars out there for sure, and um, we knew that we could give each other enough room and space and, and go out there and do the ride, then, yeah, sure, we'll do it. But it was best that we just canceled it and rescheduled yeah. it this week. And now it's looking like every, every day like this week, rain yeah, every Thursday. day this week is supposed to be good with the exception of Tuesday to Thursday. And those are the two big group rides that we're doing oh. this week. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But um, once it gets a little bit deeper into the year, like say mid to late April, if it's still looking bad, we're, we're, we'll go out and do them because it's, there's just that much more light, unless it's going to be like torrential downpour or we get some crazy freak snowstorm that wants to blow through here. Yeah, or yeah. There's That's hail in the, the forecast, super windy. But um, we'll, we'll still go out and do it rain or shine. But um, that's that's something that's actually good for you to show up to because races almost always go off. Now, there have been a few races that have been canceled that I can remember in recent years because of super bad weather. And it's usually like high winds and the threat of snow or hail or just like inclement weather that's just really bad. But 
more times than not, the race goes on. Moab Rocks is a three or four day mountain bike stage race that's sure. going on right now. Uh -huh. And stage one was canceled because of snow and ice. Okay. So yeah. it's just not safe to ride, nor is yeah. it fun. No. But um, more times than not, though, if the weather's bad, but not like a situation where it's like unrideable, they're still going to do it. And you got to know how to race in that kind of weather. Right. I mean, when you're riding in a pack of like 15, 20, 30, 50, 100 people and it's raining, like, you're going to be sucking a lot of like road spray and you need to know how to put yourself in the right position because you're still going to be wanting to draft. And then you got to know how to dress for that kind of stuff. And you got to know how to take corners a little bit carefully. And you got to know about like the paint on the roads gets to be a little bit more slick. So you got to make sure that you're not hitting that incorrectly. So there's a lot to be yes, learned there. Yes. And if we can simulate that, um, you know, through these simulation races, that's a good thing to go learn. Yeah. So for sure. Anything else that you guys can think of on this whole uh, stop being a wussy and, and go out and start racing? <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I think that's a good discussion. Good. Anything in the triathlon world, Matt, that we missed? No, I mean, I think that, you know, again, getting out there and, and being part of the community is just, it's it's good for people to see you. It's good for you to yeah. see people because sometimes you don't see all these people otherwise. Yeah. You know, everyone's working from home, working on the computer. It's just good to go out there and cheer for people and heckle them <laughs> could be heckling yeah yeah a big thing if you're having a hard time of getting over this hump as well and maybe you're just riding independent we'll beat this drum to death and we'll say it again go look at joining a team find a good local yep. team and start riding with them because nothing to me is more motivating than when a bunch of my friends who are on the team are going to go out and do a race. And then they start saying, Hey Jake, you going to join us on this one. You're going to come out here. What do you got going on that weekend? Can you come out and race? And you, once you start getting a little bit of that, like good peer pressure, that's mm -hmm. a good way to put something on the calendar and go out and do it. Cause you know that you're going to have a good time if those guys show up. And if it's just being by myself, it's too easy to back out and say, man, I got too much going on or, you know what? I'm still not feeling it. Or maybe my fitness isn't good enough. Or like, All the excuses start to like, just, marching through your head and true sometimes ready to stop yep. go do it go race cool anything else moving along moving right along um what do you want to do first you guys want to backpedal let's backpedal let's backpedal i think we'll we'll save all the other stuff i'll be really right. fast because i have a feeling lance has more to say go fast matt i probably biked like once or twice i know i zwifted i'm doing the tour to zwift again i don't understand why there's multiple tour to zwifts there was like one at the beginning of the year, and now there's one during like March and April. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, it should be once a year, right? I'm confused. Anyway, whatever. Who cares? No one cares about Tour de Swift. Just do it. Uh, I'm racing those as 100%, like as if they're like a race. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I just sprint at the end. It's, it was sprint at the end, but they actually rank you when you finish, they, they right? They rank you. They're, yeah. You're, I mean, yeah. So it was What's like, your best place that you finished? I don't know. I went hard on. What was it, Sunday or Saturday? No, I went hard on Saturday, and there were 600 riders. I was about 100th. That's good, man. I kept having dropouts on my oh, uh, yeah. Swift Hub. I need to switch back over to my better trainer. But anyway, that doesn't matter. So you're uh, still using the Swift Hub, huh? This I'm is just, just because lazy. Because oh, I literally need to take a bike and pick it up like this and put it over there like that. <laughs> yeah. It would take me about a minute and a half, but who's got time for that? Right. Just jump on and ride. <laughs> so you've got They're the Swift Hub, you've got the Kicker Core, and you've got the Tax Neo 2. Yes, that's kind of what's... And I have... Uh, oh, you've got the roller things the Wahoo from Roller. Rollers. I'm trying to think of what you, else I've got. Do you ever use those? No. I'm going to... I should have brought them to the to the time trial because eh. I think it's a good... Yeah, it's a good warm-up device, it's but it's still kind of clunky. I'd still it's rather big. use the Omnium from uh, Feedback Sports. Yep. I think yep. that's the best... 
I think that's the most portable, which I think is really important for yeah. events and things like that. Yeah. So that's yeah. another thing that we didn't mention. Learn how to warm up and get yourself prepped yeah. and ready to go for a race. That's, that's also important. true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that the majority of my training for the week was spent running a bit. You know what I did? So my wife took me to downtown Camas, world famous, and uh, we did like a, it was a surprise, although I knew, kind of had a good feeling this was going to happen. But um, night in downtown Camas, then we went for a run. So we went to the movies. We saw Shazam. It's okay. Okay. And uh, we went for a run the next morning on the trails, Round Lake. It was gorgeous out there. And I ran five miles. It was very oh. long for me. And then we finished right at Natalia's, which is like this little oh, breakfast call, joint. Yeah. I would call it like a greasy spoon kind of. It's good food. It's great. Yeah, it's Go, like a, it's some home cooking. It's good. I don't mean greasy spoon as an insult. But maybe it's it's good. It's I've still never eaten there, and I've wanted to go there. Have you ever I'm been the there? Only uh-uh. person in my family who likes breakfast foods. They'll they'll tell you that they're oh yeah we like but they they never want breakfast foods. They suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was good. <laughs> it was totally good. I don't. I've only eaten there once before. So this is my second time. My wife had never been there. We've been in Camas for I don't know, a dozen years or something. So yeah, what'd you get? Uh, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like. Hash browns and eggs and vegetables. Oh, is, nice. is this Super where we're good. at in um in our back pedals as we're mm-hmm. talking about hash food. browns? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's more important it's than good. anything else I did this week. Uh, other than that, I've been swimming. I think I swam six days last week or something crazy. Oh, wow. So watch out, Michael Phelps. <laughs> Very nice. Light it up. Right yep. on. I'll do mine real quick, then we'll let Lance talk because he actually raced his bike. Yep. I rode my bike for nine hours last week. Oh, that's good. Solid. Yeah, it's all right. It's not bad. How's was, everything feeling? Um, It was mostly trainer stuff. Yeah. I did ride outside. Was it just once? Was it? I think it was. You did, you did, the, you the, did the gravel ride. The gravel ride. I think that was the only time I rode outside last week. And that was a beautiful ride. As a matter of fact, we did the podcast last week after I did that gravel ride. I don't know if I talked about it very much, but it was so nice to be outside again. And it was yeah. a beautiful evening. It got a little chilly at the end, but it was like your heart rate was up a little bit and you're feeling plenty warm. You could just tell that your arms were like frozen solid, but mm. you still felt pretty good. Yep. But um, that was a beautiful night. And then other than that, it was just a bunch of trainer rides. I'm still trying to 100% kick this butt bug thing that I've had going mm-hmm. on. It just keeps ebbing and flowing and going up and okay. down with like the energy levels. But for all intents and purposes, I'm just about there. I think I've got it just about licked. Okay. And I'm hoping to have a good bike week this week. Um, I did not swim. I did not bike. You sure? I know I did bike, but I did not run. So, yeah. So, Thank goodness. you're on your way to being a triathlete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One third of the way One there. One third of the way there. But yeah, it was a good week. Um, I didn't get a race, though, because I don't have a mountain bike, and I wouldn't probably have raced anyway because I'm still there's, I heard there's a, bit. there's a mountain bike at the lab. There's got to be some yeah, wrestling. I, I think this wrestling. guy sitting across the table from me is going to wrassle it away from me, though. We're, we're going we're to have a lube wrestling uh, <laughs> contest. And see who Ra- country <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> country wrestling. Anyway, that's my backpedal. Lance, what did yep. you do this week? So I did race my mountain bike at Echo Red to Echo Red. out Meadow. Red. <laughs> Echo, no, Echo Red to Red. So, Echo. Yeah. Orange, green, blue. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so um, this is out by Pendleton area, kind of in uh, eastern Oregon. Middle of nowhere. Type. Yeah, Just tell people really, in the middle of like nowhere. It's like three hours from Portland. But uh, we had, there was probably 250 people who came out and raced. It was great. We had like a dozen, 15 teammates. There's, that's that it? Out. I thought that they had more. I think it was about didn't, 250. Didn't they have that's like awesome. four or 500 people? Was it last year? 
I don't know. Did Last re- year, the weather was terrible. And the year before that, it was COVID. And like mm. there was like was, no groups. They're probably coming back still from yeah. COVID. Yeah. I would it, like to check the numbers because I know that they had a really big number, a big turnout. It was either last year or the year before. Whatever the first year back was, they had huge numbers. It was it was great. So um, yeah, I raced in the Cat 2 50 to 59 field. Um, we actually, the whole... The whole Cat 2 field all went at once. We weren't split up in oh, age wow. groups or or anything. So they just like blew a whistle. There was like a there there was a, a, a neutral rollout for a couple miles, and then you hit a gravel road and it was race on. And so um I was actually I've been feeling really good. My training has been going well. My legs are feeling pretty good. And uh Chris Surratt is he is racing in the Clydes. And so we're pretty evenly matched on the mountain bike, which is... Which and they is, rolled out with you guys, correct? They rolled out with us. So we rolled out together. We actually, we had a plan, me and Chris, <laughs> because we knew All he would... All out from the gun. <laughs> we, as well, soon as you turn on the gravel road. We go. knew that we would be like, uh, he would be one of the favorites in the Clydes field. And I potentially could be yeah. up near the top in the 50 plus field. You're kind of a big deal. <laughs> I don't want to say this, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, so we kind of had a plan and however, they put the cat one juniors with oh, our yeah. field too. So there were, those guys like to take it out easy. <laughs> there were like 15, like 14 year olds that just absolutely demolished me. Yeah, yeah. It just ripped. And so they, uh, we, t- we hit the hot section and me and Surratt were actually able to stay with the group over the climb. And we were trying to position ourselves into the single track because there's 14 miles of single track. So it really becomes a race yeah. into the single track because it's kind of hard to pass in the single yeah. track. And uh, all these kids just freaking crushed us. It was awesome. <laughs> they just whipped, whipped us. Anyway, Surratt ended up into the single track, oh, like 10 seconds ahead of me. He, he mm-hmm. put in a better move than I did. But I'm gaining on him. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm starting to pass people. I'm pretty sure that I'm in the lead of the 50s. I'm not positive because we're all mixed up. Yep. But uh, I get three miles into the single track, and I got past Surratt and wanted him to get on my wheel, but he couldn't quite go with me. I get four miles into the single track, and my right, my left foot starts to feel funny. Like, like more wiggle. There was yeah. more wiggle than it wiggle, should be. Wiggle. And I thought my cleat was coming loose, but it wasn't. My whole pedal was coming loose. You don't need that. So I made the mistake. I, I hand tighten my pedals on. I never like crank them down. Well, you want to hand tighten them down, then maybe give it just like a little, like maybe yeah. three or four Newtons. Yeah, I didn't do that. Yeah. I didn't do that. And the pressure of the mountain bike racing, um, just it backed out it's my weird. It's weird that pedal. that backed out. So I'm thinking, what the crap is going on? I get about four miles into the single track, and the pedal falls off. And then from then on, you just pushed with one foot on the so ground. It's stuck to the bottom it's of your shoe. It's stuck to the bottom and of that's my a, shoe. It's a bit of a hassle to get that off. So I jump off. I rip it off my shoe, and I'm like, I'm trying to like, it back like in. trying to do it back in. It takes an eight millimeter, yep. which I don't have nope, with that's a me because yeah. it's a big one. Surratt passes me, and then he's like, what do you need? And I'm like, I need an 8 millimeter. So he stops, pulls out his his multi-tool that has an 8, handed it to me, and just said, just take it. And, See ya. <laughs> yeah. and so he takes off. I crank on the pedal, and I'm like, okay, fantastic. Throw the, uh, throw the multi-tool back in my pocket, 
And just as I'm about to jump back onto the single track, a line of 20 guys <laughs> goes by. Of course. Like, they're go, they're just they're just seeing the sights too. Yes. They're like, in, in the next stop of the tour, <laughs> yes, everyone right. bunch up here, bunch up here, tight. Bunch up here. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So like every chance I got, I Half was people. like, yeah. I'm coming around, I'm coming around to the left. And I'm like, you know, I'm like bonsaiing through sagebrush to get around people. And that's not the best course to do that because what's in the bushes? Uh, there's there's uh, there's goat heads everywhere, oh, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. So you have to be kind of cautious. They actually added a passing lane on one of the first climbs just to help with that reason this year, which is kind of cool. Anyway, so I'm passing people. I'm passing. I finally get around all twenty of those guys, and I catch back up to Surat. Wow. So I got back on. I'm like, oh my gosh, my legs are actually feeling pretty good. I'm going five or six more miles into the single track. And my right pedal starts to come loose. Oh my jeez! <laughs> I'm like, what the crap? Did you stop before it came off? I I did. I stopped before it came off. I tried to crank it back down. I couldn't get it back down. I went to grab the multi tool that that Surratt gave me, and it had fallen out of my pocket. So oh. you lost. This- I lost Surratt's. I owe you a multi tool. Chris uh, is probably Chris. Gonna, he's gonna kill you. He, he, he always buys the nice stuff too. So you're gonna nice. buy him something. I blew it. Pretty pricey, yeah. He freaking lost his multi-tool. Someone found it on the trail. Somebody found it on the trail. It it, it was in my pocket, but it like bounced out, whatever. So I couldn't get it to crank down, so I just kept going. I kept going, um, uh, and and then my whole right pedal falls off again. And I'm like, and then Surratt passes me, and he's like, use my tool. I'm like, I lost it. And he's like, I don't have another one. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I'm like, thanks. Sorry, Chris. So you put it back on finger tight. So and just I tried to put it back on finger tight, but by then I had ripped out, stripped the threads, stripped several threads, uh, and so it wouldn't quite go in there, yeah. all the way. But a guy on an e-bike stopped and said, "What do you need?" I'm like, "I need an eight millimeter," and he's like, "Oh yeah, here." And he like pulled it out of his pack, gave it to me. I cranked it down as tight as I could. I gave it back to him, and he and I thanked him a ton. I jumped back on. I'm like, okay, now my pedals are feeling good. So I ripped for another. Did he let you sit on his wheel? Uh, no, I was going faster than him. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah. He was on an e-bike? Yeah, he was on an e-bike. He was oh. on yeah, but that's on those trails, still, right? Single track trails. Those e-bikes, you can only go so fast. Still, though, man. Yeah. You ride an e-bike, mountain bike? Yeah, those things just motor. So anyway, we're coming to the to the finish of the single track and I feel the pedal coming loose again on my right side. So I know I just don't have it in there all the way or the threads are like not good. But at this point, the guy who was in my field, he passed me when I'm standing on the side of the road and he just yells at me, you're just going to pass me on the road. He just like (laughs) joked with me. And so, okay, it's, it's all, it's all funny. I jump back on, I get to the end of the single track. My pedal's still loose, but it's not coming out. And and there's a hard, steep gravel climb, right, as we come out yep. of the single track. So you you come out of the single track, and you've got three and a half miles to the finish line that's, that's all gravel and paved roads. And on that hard climb, I caught back onto Surratt, who was sitting on my competitor. Oh, wow. Yeah. So lead out train. So my competitor was he wasn't moving as fast. I caught on the Surratt. I like bumped his tire to say, "Hey, I'm behind you," but I don't want to yell that I'm behind you. I would have wiped out. 
hey, just letting you know, whoops. <laughs> and so he turns around and sees me, and he's like, just wait. Just stay with me for a minute. So we get up this this hard climb. Sounds rude, man. Yeah. Dial cycling. <laughs> we totally dial ganged team. up on him. We completely ganged up on him because we had like three miles to go. Um, we get to the top of the climb. Um, my pedal is loose, so I'm pretty much using just my left leg. Did you go back and look at your power profile? Because you do have a power meter on the cork power meter that's going to give you a left-right breakdown. Did you happen I, to look at all that I, just to see I, if there's a discrepancy? I didn't look at that, I'm but I'm sure. Because like for the last three miles, I was like 70% left leg and 30% right leg. I was really trying not to put too much pressure on that pedal because if it came out, I was Done. hosed. Yeah, you're not sprinting. So... so so anyway, we <laughs> see Lance like riding back with one leg. <laughs> just, just going one leg. Fred Flintstone going with his right leg and pedal with the left. Were you were you sore the next day? I mean, I would have been sore from the one leg exercise. I, I wasn't. Go Not figure. Okay. So, but whatever. We get to the top of the climb, and Surratt, this the my the guy I'm racing against doesn't turn around. He never like peeks at us. And so me and Surratt are both just sitting on his wheel. And we get to the we get to the top of the climb. There's like two and a half miles to go, and Surratt like gives me the signals like, "Get on my wheel. I'm about to go, and we're gonna go hard left." He's like, "Go wide, just like yes. snap the rubber band yes, quick." Yes, we're yep. gonna go, and I'm like, "I'm ready. I hope my pedal doesn't fall off." And so he jumps. We we both swung way wide, like across. You're not coming on our wheel, buddy. No, yeah, like. <laughs> It, there was a gravel road, and then there was a dirt road next to the gravel road that Chris and I had pre-rode and found out that it was very firm. So it was like, mm. it could be fast. Yeah, faster so than the gravel road. Faster than the gravel road. And so when we jumped, we went all the way left, across the whole gravel road, all the way to the the dirt road, and we just kind of drilled it all the way to the top of the climb. We turn around. We put we had put a minute into him. Yeah, yeah. He, if there's somebody on the team that you want to be sitting on their wheel in that kind of a situation, you pick the right one, dude. <laughs> I, I'm I, that three miles of racing was the funnest I've had in a in a race in I can't remember. Yeah. It was just like me and Surratt just drilling it. I get to the top, we start coming downhill. I go to the front. Surratt's sitting on my wheel while we're just drilling it. You know, I think. I think we had that whole final section. We had like the fifth fastest time of the wow. whole day wow. out of everybody because we were trying to make sure that that guy didn't jump back on. And so, yeah, we hit the road, we hit the finish line, and he was way back there. So I ended up winning the 50 plus. Congratulations. Race. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, there was some hate that said, you know, you should be in the Cat One field. Um, oh. but you know, I'm, I'm 53 this year, so I don't have to race the cat one field unless they make me next year. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, so Surratt ended up winning by like six minutes and I ended up winning the 50 plus field by like a minute. So we, it was just like, it was just so much fun to finish like that. And so I rolled across the finish line, you know, Surratt and I kind of gave each other a hug and my pedal fell off. <laughs> wow i had to walk back how's that for timing band. it was it was pretty good and so, yes yeah what's coming up this weekend mudslinger is this weekend you need a new bike a mountain that. bike race probably two or three bikes my, for that. my cranks are ruined this mm. the threads are stripped 
uh, you know, so um, can uh, I'm I'm just this is a mechanical question. Is there any way to rethread those cranks? They do have a tap kit that you can rethread them, but you're still kind of going to have not that worth the effort. Yeah, it depends on how bad it is. There, right. there's there are good kits out there that you can use to fix that. It's just not always because it probably depends on like the price of the crank versus the yeah. actual. That's a lot of labor. Yeah. So and and I do have a tap kit that we could try, but it's it's it probably better to just kind of just punt on it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I. I uh, yeah, Mudslingers this weekend. Mudslinger, the Echo race, the single track, it really, it it's my kind of race. The Mudslinger is not quite as good for my skill set. There's a lot more climbing at Mudslinger. Yeah, it's got more technical stuff in it, too, it, that you make up for. It is, but the climbs are so long and wide open that um, if you're a climber, you're going to gotcha. You're gonna put minutes into me. So, so I'm not real confident about Mudslinger. Um, but yeah, echo just, it was, it was kind of right down my alley. So, man, I gotta tell you, looking at all the photos and seeing all yeah. the results and seeing how much fun everybody had, I was having like the whole FOMO thing and then the full on regrets of not being able to be out there with you guys. So I need to, I need to get back into the, the mountain bike racing. You know, the, the after awards party was packed, mm-hmm. which we haven't had out there for several years. Uh, there was tons of people there. We had 15 teammates, like all hanging out. Yeah. I mean, Dan Beal came up to me like, "This is this is why I joined a team. Mm-hmm. It's because I wanted to be at a race where I have all these teammates and we're hanging out. Yep. And we're all happy and it's it's all fun. Yeah. So he's a good dude. Yeah, he's a good dude. So yeah, funny guy too. But it was a good time. Um, yeah. Congratulations, Thanks, dude. man. It was. I, I really wasn't expecting it because I didn't know really where I would fit or who else was going to be there. And some of the guys I normally race with weren't there. And Court Johnson, who would have handily beat me, who I've raced with him a lot over the last few years, he raced in the single speed field. Oh, he did. And uh, would have crushed me if he had raced the 50 plus. Did field. the single speed ride the short or the medium or the long no, course? They rode the long course. Did they? Okay. Yeah. So he rode. How did he do? He was sixth overall. Wow. Yeah. Who so, won the single speeds? It was a guy I don't know. Danny Weichel was second. Okay. Yeah. Good job, Danny. Yeah. So it was good times. Anyway, that's enough. Me. That's <laughs> good backpedal. Yeah, I, I, I finally got to pe- race. The backpedal. An actual backpedal, yeah. <laughs> the, back, the, back, the pedal was the problem. The backpedal was back the pedal problem. Backpedal down, yeah. <laughs> All right. What else we have? We got Champ Bailey around Champ here. Champ Bailey. Top Champ five here. In the top five I'm all about Good, Good times. Good times. Champ is here. We have these wonderful classic races that are oh, happening boy. over in Europe. And my gosh, the racing was fantastic. Uh, the E3 Saxo race was on Friday. And you had your big three that got in a breakaway at the very end. Wout Van Aert. Uh, and Matthew Vanderpool, Vanderpool and Tadej Pogacar, all three of them got away, so they were going to sprint it out. And this time, Wout was in the right spot and yep. went for a bit of a longer sprint than normal because he, he, I think he knows that he can get Matthew in a longer sprint, but a shorter sprint, not so much. So Wout Van Aert ended up winning the race on Friday, which was fantastic. Yep. So, super exciting racing. It was very cool to watch. Um, yesterday was Ghent-Wevelgum, which is also a big uh, classic cobbled race. And um, this time, 
Only Wout was in it. Uh, Pogaccia wasn't there. Vanderpool wasn't there. I think they're prepping for Perry Roubaix, which is next week. And um, is Wout not racing Perry Roubaix? I don't know. Huh. I think so, but I'm not sure. But with 50k to go, Wout Van Aert made a move up uh, up the Kemmelberg cl- cobbled climb, and he only had a teammate, Christian Laporte, that went with him, that was able to go with him. Uh-huh. And so Wout and Christian Laporte stayed away. They kept everybody at bay, and they ended up riding into the finish together, and Wout... It, it, it was just really cool to see Jumbo Visma, you know, kind of control that race. And then Wout just basically like gifted the race to Christian Laporte. Like, look, I'm, I've got lots of other races to win. You need to win this race. This is good for us together. It was really cool to see. So, did you hear Eddie Merckx's remarks about that afterwards? I did. He made some comment. I would have not done that. <laughs> I would not have handed it away like that. That's the cannibal. <laughs> yeah, <though>. exactly. <laughs> it just makes me like him more. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, man. Like, but yep. It's just he's okay. a class act, and he could have won another classic, you know, yeah. uh, you know, race. But come on, he, he so, just loved seeing yeah. that. I I read a little bit about the finish, and you saw like how that you know panned out. You just talked about it, but I didn't actually watch the race when they broke away in that last fifty k. Who did the line share the worker? Was it pretty balanced? They balanced it out. Okay. So. Um, Wout was actually pulling away from Laporte, but Laporte, once they got over the climb, was able to get with them. Okay. And then they turn around and realize they had 20 seconds, and then they... It's like game on. They drilled it. Yeah. They just swapped pulls the whole way. And then with 10K to go, Wout looks at Laporte and says, do you want to win this race? And Laporte's like, what? I don't know. This is your... Because he's a, he's a worker bee, yes. basically. I mean, yeah. that's who you want to give... Right. That's who you want to give victory to, right? And like, so, this guy just works for the team. Exactly. Mostly. So yeah, it, it was, was a cool finishing picture shot. This. It was awesome. Yeah. They were like arm in arm, and then they separated, and Wout like kind of gave him a little shove so he would go across the finish line yeah. first. And it was, it was awesome to watch. Fun. It was very cool, cool to watch. So that was cool. The other big racing that happened... The Volte Catalunya in Spain happened, and this is where Matthew Vanderpool and no, pardon me, not Matthew Vanderpool, um, Evan Pool oh, right, and right. Uh, Primos Roglic okay, yep. were battling it out, and um, they battled it out on every single stage, and it was really exciting racing. Um, I think Roglic won two stages and uh, Remco won three stages or something or maybe it was the opposite of that but but the ones that Roglic won had enough of a time bonus that he had a 10 second cushion yeah and so when it came right down to the finish on the final stage uh Remco really went for it but Roglic was able to stay with them and let him basically Do win Do we know the if Roglic stage. is going to ride the tour cuz I know he's planning on riding some other Giro. The, he's riding the Giro. a Giro. But is he going to ride in support at all? Like don't, he could, no. It'd be uh, cool if he did a week or two and, and then dropped. I yeah. mean, he could do that. We don't know what his plan is for the tour yet. I don't know. Is what I understand. Yeah. It was funny. There was a stage. I think it was the second to last stage. They got into a break, and it was Roglic, and it was Evan Pohl. And then um, Roglic just basically sat on his wheel, and Evan Pohl was livid, furious that he wouldn't come around and take <laughs> a pull, wouldn't work around. Pole. And it's like... Why would I take a pull if I just if I just ride with you? It's, I'm 
It's, it's, ten, it's 10 seconds, seconds right? Yeah, yeah. It's right. And like if I ride with you and I work with you, then you attack me and then you put time into me, I look like an idiot, you know? And it's just not, and there's no sense in doing any extra work, but it was just kind of funny to see Evan Poole almost pulling a little bit of a, of like a prima donna. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you're not doing this. You're. It, it's not the first time he's done that, yeah. right? It's, it's like, dude. Yeah, he's 23. Yeah. He's young. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. Is he 23? I, I thought he was younger than that. Maybe he's 22. I don't know. Yeah. Fun. I'm a sportscaster that really doesn't know anything. <laughs> sportscaster. Tim um, Bailey out. <laughs> other, other big news. Uh, the Tour de France of mountain biking happened this oh, past yeah. weekend down in uh, South Africa. Cape Epic. It's a seven. Oh, right. Yeah, they have like uh, seven stages, and they're all super difficult stages. And it was actually won by Christopher Blevins and Matt Beers. They won the whole thing outright. So both Americans, which is fantastic. Ooh, ooh, yeah. yeah. So it was it was cool to see. I think Keegan Swenson had gone down and teamed up with Lachlan Morton. Wow! But uh, they uh, they didn't uh, do quite as well as um, as uh, Blevins and Matt Beers did. So that was kind of exciting. It was exciting racing to watch. Yeah. So it was pretty crazy. Cool. Um, other than that, that's it. Champ out. Champ Bailey. So loud. <laughs> Dial in those those audio those waveforms. No, for us it's loud, but in oh. when you listen to the podcast, it sounds fine. fine. But for us, it's like so loud. I sometimes think our voices <laughs> are quiet depending on which platform you're playing it on. Like I play it in the car, and I have to turn the volume like all the way up. I've noticed that too. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a strange thing, and I've had people tell us that it's too loud now because we can turn the volume down. It's kind of all over the place. So yeah, I'm sorry. We're just we're doing our best. We're trying. Over. We're trying. <laughs> um. I, yeah, I, I think that we're going to just jump into one last thing. One boys. last thing. Yeah. I don't have the little Patreon bin to do a Patreon drawing, and so I didn't get to do one before the, the thing. So all of our Patreons, I'm sorry. Maybe we'll do a double drawing next week to make Ooh. up for it so yeah. that we can... Uh, one at the beginning of the podcast, one at the end. Of the there podcast. you go. There you go, stay, yeah. Stay tuned, people. Two people, two winners. Sweet. Um, I think we touched on everything, so let's... Jump into one last thing. Matt LeGrand, would you like to start us off? I post, believe it or not, I posted another video last no, week. No, you don't say. It's bomb. It bombed again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I actually, so the radar one that I posted before, like I kind of expected that one to bomb. Sure. Because people aren't that interested, but I'm always going to review radars because I think it's an important technology. We talked about that, right? We did. Might have been side channel, might not have been on the podcast, but I, we think it's such an important topic. We think more people should have radars. I'm going to cover radar stuff on yeah. my channel this next one was apple watch bands like which which watch band you should choose this yeah. is the one i posted last week and i did some interesting edits with it like i did some stuff in after effects did some you know and put some all that in. stuff that doesn't take any time that's super uh, easy stuff to do it's like <laughs> i've been fiddling with it for like three weeks or four weeks or something yeah it's only, long time only like 15 20 minutes worth of time total yeah, though, right total yeah total and uh <laughs> no one's watching it which is fine it's fine that's I'm, so disappointing I'm happy. I'm still proud of the video itself, so there's that. At least the intro is unique. It's not like all the other things that I do. You need so to repackage that. it, put it out there, put some massive keep, clickbait on it. I'm just going to keep posting people it. Watch it. I'll keep posting <laughs> it. Until, so, and eventually, it'll have enough views. But uh, yeah, so that's that. Uh, coming up this week, I'll have a bir- I always post a birthday video. My that's birthday right. is on Wednesday. I was going to say, it's almost birthday time so for maybe that. Maybe if, po- if the podcast comes out on Wednesday, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If we're still posting on Wednesdays, but yeah, that'll be uh, 44. 44. 
Yeah. In the video that I'll post, I always do this. I'll I'll go and I'll swim 44 of something and I'll go, you know, run for 44 minutes. I'll do like 44 sure. things, right? And then I'll ask people like, and, you know, be sure to put in your guesses for how old you think I am. And people will just randomly guess stuff like wrong. And I'm like, how did you not, from all the context clues, <laughs> they'll be like, you're, you look like you're about 50 something or you look like you're 30 something. And I'm like, did you not hear the workouts that I did where everything was 44? Like literally that's, <laughs> come on. Anyway. I love we'll it. Yep. Very cool. Well, happy almost birthday here. Um, the, the, Get the, the <laughs> our security system's going off there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lance, you got one last thing? Uh, one last thing for me. We do have Budslinger Mountain Bike Race this Saturday down in the Corvallis area of Oregon. Um, it's a fun, crazy race. It will be muddy. It will be wet. So um, that always makes for interesting racing. So Cool. Uh, there is also a road race this Saturday in the state of Washington. Mason Lakes oh, yep. has wow. its second uh, road race in their Mason Lakes series. Yep. So if you're looking for some road racing, there's also some on the Washington state calendar as well. Not some. It's chock full. They have got a bunch yeah. of road races on the calendar this year. And if you're looking for some road racing and you're in the greater Portland area and you're okay with maybe driving a little bit, jump onto the calendar of uh, Washington State Bicycle Racing Association and check out what they have to offer. WSBA calendar. Yep. yep. Yeah, there's a, a lot of stuff to choose from there. So you going to call your shot for this weekend, Mr. Hepler? No. First. No? No, I'm not. I'll be winning everything. I will not be winning everything. This this race, just it, it's not... It's not my. I, What's the best you've done in that race? I've won it before. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've won it before, but what makes you think that you're not going to do well? Because I know that the race that you won, I remember like one of my favorite pictures of you was you and Terry coming down some like switchbacky single track uh, stuff. That was Coast Hills Classic. Oh, was that Coast Hills? Yeah. Oh, wrong race. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I this one just there's so much climbing. It, I, I don't know. If I make the podium, that'd be like thrilling for me. But right. I don't know who's going to show up either. True. Uh, our teammate, Scott Carroll, who is very fast will and be very there. fit, he will be there. And, and I, don't, I don't think I've ever beat him. So, yeah, he's, he's fast. So I mean, he's fast. So, yeah. Actually, I chatted with him over the weekend. He came into the lab and uh, was just doing a couple things. And we got to talking about that. And I just... I. I, I still can't wrap my head around that guy. He's he's a bit of a conundrum. He's 57 years old, but yeah. he rides like he's 30-something. He's and fast. he is crazy fast, and he races all the time. He races two, sometimes three times a week on Zwift, on and then Zwift. he's doing some hard rides. And then, you know, come race season, I'm like, how are you not breaking down? He's like, yeah, I, it's just I found something that works for me. He's like, yeah. the biggest thing, though, that he said is that he has to stay consistent and that – a part of that whole staying consistent thing is making sure that he's got a steady diet of that high octane race paced racing that he does on Zwift sure. so that he doesn't lose it. And he's like, yeah, there have been times where I felt myself to kind of, you know, seeing a little bit of a decline or if not, you know, plateaued or if not just like really kind of finding myself in a, a, a ditch and then he'll take a little bit of time off, but it's not much. And then he'll get right back into it. Yeah. But at the start of a race, is I it can't not stay like with him it's at the like start. a Zwift race, right? Yeah, you, you wind him up and it. he just takes off, and then like he knows what his power numbers are for an hour. Yeah, and he just locks and loads, and then for the longer races, he'll just dial it back just a little bit and knows where he's at with his heart rate and his, his power numbers, and just 
drills. I tend to be a little quicker than him in the technical stuff. Yeah. So on the single track downhill stuff, I'll I'll make some time up time up on him, but I can't hang with him on the hills at all. Yeah. So that's all. That's all good. That's racing. That's why we go do yeah. it. Yeah. But that's good job, Scott Carroll. Fifty-seven years old and yeah. still just a beast on the bike. Sure. Love it. Cool. One last thing for me, um, just for clarity's sake, I am going to Playa del Carmen. Leaving on Saturday. Yes, going to be gone for a week. Yep. With so the family. I, that's right. I, I yeah. won't be Spring racing. Break people. I won't be racing bicycles, but I'm going to be doing a bunch of other cool stuff down there and uh, triathlon stuff. Probably. Yeah, all kinds of triathlon stuff. Swimming, swimming in, in circles because my left arm doesn't work. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I've actually had a few people reach out, so thank you to the, those that had some suggestions of things to do. Um, I think our calendar's full. It's going to be a good time, and then Excellent. when we get. When we get back, I need some arm twisting to get uh, some races on the calendar. So, all right, I'll be happy to do that. We could put this podcast on that we just did, and yeah, maybe I'll have to listen to it. Right, re-listen re- to this one. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right, we will be back next week with another one of these. And until then, bye for now.